We are about to hit the business end of the NFL season as Thanksgiving is finally here. Seen as a sea change in the season, this is the point where pretenders become contenders. And we're going to look at it all. It's NFL Only Better, and it starts right now. Hello and welcome to the Thanksgiving special of NFL Only Better. That's right, this week we are splitting the two episodes, or splitting one episode, I should say, into two parts. So we're going to talk about Thursday's games on Friday morning. We will release the weekend action. John Boff and Mike Carson are here with me. That's not too confusing for either of you guys, I assume? No, so far so good, Kieran. Happy Thanksgiving to you. Um, I'm glad to see you came up here, lathered yourself in gravy in preparation for the podcast. So it's a, it's a great start to the day. It's actually a Wednesday morning tradition in this house. Yeah, there was a wonderful um, <laughs> thing out of New England where, is it gravy? <laughs> where they uh, they were asking players what their favorite side dish was at Thanksgiving, and I, I hate it because being an old fogey and you know around a lot longer than these players or the reporters that cover them, um, I'm just befuddled by some of the crap that people serve at Thanksgiving. And apparently, so is Matt Judon, who said he his he finally said his favorite. Uh, was was dressing which by which he meant stuffing but but before that he said i just don't want to see macaroni and cheese <laughs> he said it ruins bathrooms all over the country <laughs> it's just it's just pasta it's just pasta and cheese <laughs> actually uh I, I used to go to a thanksgiving dinner for uh, an american friend of ours that hosted it hasn't been on over the course of the last few years mainly due to covid and he's selfish um, but John and you attended it over the last few years. It was quite a spread yeah, they put on. Time. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It seems like a lot of work. Like it's a lot it better when someone else does that on your behalf, isn't it? This is all us kind of hinting that we'd like Mike to invite us to his Thanksgiving at some stage. Obviously, it won't be this year. But well, maybe won't next be this year, Mike. year for sure. Maybe, yeah. If you want yeah. to come down, yeah, that'd be fine. And yeah, uh, yeah. We'll yeah I mean, but it's very traditional. And I, there's Southern writers who say, you know, pecan pie is what you need to have, not pumpkin pie. And they go away. This is Massachusetts in 1621. They weren't baking macaroni and cheese, and they weren't making pecan pies. That's for sure. <laughs> Um, okay, so look, we're going to concentrate today on the three games obviously taking place on Thanksgiving. They are the Chicago Bears, the Detroit Lions, the Raiders, the Cowboys, and the Bills, the Saints. Before we do that, as always, let's look back at how we got on last week. We will start with our best bets of the weekend, and I am now on a roll since we took our mid-season break, or mid-season review, I should, should call it, because uh, I have had uh, two winners on the spin. Yes, people, once again, uh, it was... Um, God, I've completely forgotten who I picked by putting a tick beside it and saying it was... It was Joe Burrow and the boys. Um, uh, for them to win, it was a pick'em game. They did go eight to eleven. I have to admit, just before the off, but that is not my fault. They were. It was a pick'em game when we spoke about. It, it was only a small bit of money on them uh, beforehand, where Raiders just kind of um, uh, drifted out a little bit. John, unfortunately, in a game we're going to talk about, you were a loser. With unfortunately, uh, Green Bay. so tough one. Uh, Green but Bay Mike and the Carson, Vikings. Yeah, but yeah, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, first and foremost, it was just a fantastic game of football to watch. I, even though, despite my, my best bet didn't come off, I was thoroughly entertained watching it. Agreed. Mm, well, we got to that. Um, and then, um, uh, Mike, you are a winner of which are under. Un, did you call yourself? What did you, do you want to tell listeners what you're calling yourself now? About the the Undertaker. Yes. One <laughs> <laughs> it's working a charm. Yeah. I'm so aware, but Houston, Tennessee 
going under um, was uh, to me, it just seemed like a really easy best bet. And, and um, my value in the column, my value bet. Uh, and I don't know why we even call them value anymore because all of the over-unders and all of the um, spread bets are the same odds um, this year. And um, but my, I had Joe Burrow and the, the Bengals to Burrow under as it were. And they did. Yeah, they did. Yeah. And again, a lot of the games were over. In fact, all three late games were unders, um, which which it can be rare enough. Uh, that Bengals one, that was just about um, an under, to be honest. I think if, if there had been another TD in it, it would have gone over the line at kickoff. But but you snuck that one in, shall we say. Um, I just want to let everyone know that uh, if you're listening right now, which means you're listening for the games on Thursday, we are still in the Betfair Daily Double Rewards week for the next two days, for Wednesday and for Thursday, which means right now is when you bet £20 worth of multiples or bet builders on the NFL, you will get a £10 free bet, not a £5 free bet as the normie daily rewards, which is still pretty generous if you ask me. But for right now, during this Daily Double Rewards week, it is when you bet £20 worth of multiples or bet builders on the NFL, you get a £10 free bet. And not only that, but you may have noticed if you follow Betfair on social that there's... Um, a number of other different um, competitions, etc. that's on to celebrate this week, which is a big week, of course, for us. And people have asked me, hey, Kieran, what are you going to do for the NFL podcast? And I was like, you know what I'm going to do? And the guys don't know what I'm going to do. Because it's Thanksgiving, because it's Bet for Daily Double Rewards Week, I've looked back historically at the competitions, shall we say, about the best bets. And they've been decided by one or two games. Last year, it was actually a tie between John and Mike, and it was decided on a push that Mike got during the season. Before that, I won by one game. So if it's a tie at the end of the season, whomever got their Thanksgiving bet right will be the tiebreaker. So you need to think about today's best bet because it could be the bet that wins the competition this year. And and whoever got it wrong will be dubbed the Thanksgiving turkey baked in an oven (laughs) and and served. This thing writes itself. It's fantastic. It does. It does. And I have the gravy (laughs) dripping from my fingernails. Um. We start very quickly with um, a little bit of the, the, the action from last week to try and help us with this week's games. And I suppose we, we should start with that game you mentioned is the Green Bay Packers, Aaron Rodgers' supposed mysterious injury, etc. But but a great game, John, one you didn't come out on the right side of, but you, you still managed to enjoy it. I did, yeah. I mean, it, that was a fantastic game for a neutral to watch. And uh, I mean, I wasn't entirely a neutral. I had a, a, bit of, a bit of money riding on it. But, uh, you know, that's one of the ones you can't feel too disgusted about when you, when you actually just watch the course of the game. Um, I'd be a little bit, you know, the, the Green Bay Packers were my pick at the start of the season and I maintained it in the in the midway the midway show we did as well. They're my pick for the Super Bowl. And the scene, things seem to be stumbling a little bit lately. They're, what is it, one and two in the last three and uh, I'm just wondering if, if you know, the, the injuries and stuff are taking a little bit of a toll on the on the Green Bay offense. There's a, just it doesn't seem to be clicking as it was earlier in the season. Um, but as Mike actually pointed out to me when we were talking during the week, the Vikings team just seems to continually have an answer for this uh, this Packers offense. And as I was just look, kind of looking at some notes and things like this, they have a, actually a winning record against Green Bay going back across the last, I believe it's 12 or 13 games. So, uh, you know, is it just one of those situations where Mike Zimmer just knows he just has a system, he has a scheme that just works pretty well against this team? I mean, it was as close as it gets. You know, there was a, a last second field goal to take the win, obviously. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm just wondering, I'm starting to doubt if the Packers are the, the you know, the, 
the definite pick that I had picked for the uh, the Super Bowl this year. I wouldn't be that down on them because when you look at what they've got, you know, and then Jenkins getting hurt means they're down to their third string left tackle. So, exactly. you know, they need to get Bakhtiari back. But Rodgers has very limited weapons, which he makes obvious on every pass. It goes incomplete. Um, and for years, you know, the, the, the book on Green Bay has been how much do you like Aaron Rodgers to beat this team? You know, and but their defense is playing pretty well, despite giving up 34. Savage had two interceptions disallowed. Um, now, one of them was his, you know, legitimately, he didn't actually catch the ball. And the other one was wiped out by a, by a holding call, if I remember right. Um, but it, it could have changed the whole dimension of the game. And, and if um, MVS, M, I, I would never criticize a player, you know, with two minutes to go for forgetting a, a receiver, especially to not to fall down on the four yard line or something like that. I wouldn't rate, rate green. That's, that's a long way of saying I wouldn't rate, rate, uh, write green Bay off right now. Um, you know, I, I think there's still, there's still a, a pretty good team. and can go as far as Rogers Rogers takes them. Um, the team I'm really high on right now is Arizona who've won two out of three with Colt McCoy at quarterback. And, and as I've been saying all through the year, it's Arizona's defense that's really making this team. They're playing really good defense. Well, I, I, qu- very quickly then, I, I just mentioned that, just looking at the betting markets here, that right now you would say ahead of Green Bay, well, on a par with Green Bay, probably LA Rams to win the Super Bowl. Then you've got Bills, Cardinals, Chiefs, and Tampa as teams that are ahead of them. Uh, would you say that's fair enough, guys? Fair enough? Most of those teams are just a little bit ahead of them they Bills, are ahead of them on the betting chiefs uh, the chiefs still you know there's still question marks about the about kansas city i mean we're about to talk about their game i guess against dallas last weekend which they yeah. won of course but i mean i still you go think... for it john take us away oh. it's a good segue <laughs> yeah, well, I, I like when a, t- a plan yeah. comes together like that well, there you what did you think i thought uh in that game, well first off i thought that game didn't really follow the script that many assumed it would that was supposed to be a game supposed to be with inverted commas a game where the scoreboard was going to keep ticking over um but i suppose kansas showed or kansas city showed a little bit of an an extra dynamic that they haven't really um so far this season and that their defense was was pretty damn good in that game and i'm wondering how much it was that and how much it was dak prescott just playing you know the worst certainly the worst game he's played so far this season and probably one of the worst games he's played in several seasons and um but you know it's it's still there are still question marks about that offense they're they're not the high scoring unit that they have been for the last several seasons and you know there's it's patrick mahomes isn't playing well well it's like he's regressing to some sort of, you know, an average of, of what he, of what his ability is, but that's still good enough to beat most teams, which is speaks to how talented he is, I think. But I just, it's I don't know if I'd put them above, you know, at the very very top of the of the division for you know for teams that are going to be pushing for a Super Bowl this year. Yeah, it looks it looks like Andy Reid is trying to reestablish an offense by by you know he ran the ball a lot. Against Dallas, which is very unusual for Andy Reid, uh, for you know they they had twenty six runs, um, and I think he's looking for the, a combination that takes it away from the Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, Jason Kelsey triumvirate and tries to you know to get everybody else involved in in the offense and and maybe cut down on Mahomes's turnovers which 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 he which he's been really prone to but the defense was incredibly good Um, they've gotten healthy. You remember I said a few weeks ago when they picked up Melvin Ingram, that moves 
Chris Jones to tackle where he's going to be, he's much more effective than as a, a rush end, as a, as an edge guy. And Chris Jones had a monster game, but when you looked at the secondary, Spagnola was moving them around so much that half of his defensive backs were running more before the snap than they did after the snap. They were, you know, they were lining up on the line of scrimmage and then running all the way back to a high safety position on, on some plays. And, and as again, as I said too, Daniel Sorensen was used in a very limited way and he wasn't covering anybody man on man deep. So I think, I think they're about to turn a corner here. You know, if they can figure out a way to just give, Give Patrick Mahomes beta blockers and just tell him to, you know, calm down, you know, and you don't have to do everything with big plays. Let's just let's just move it up, you know, and make play if you have to. I think the Chiefs, the Chiefs could be could be back in. And, you know, and for the Cowboys, without without um, Amari Cooper and then C.D. Lamb got hurt, they got um, what's his name? Um, Cedric Wilson, who used to play, I think, Kansas City and. Um, Noah, Noah, whatever his name is. They just dropped balls left and right. It's like every ball that was thrown to him, they were just Mm -hmm. dropping. So it wasn't quite fair, I think, on on Dallas to criticize Prescott too much for that. Um, But I couldn't understand why they weren't running the ball more. Um, I know Elliott limped off, but Pollard looked really fine. Mm. Yeah, yeah, give him the ball, yeah, yours. Uh, When people are asking about... um, that I mentioned the stats there about who was ahead of Green Bay Packers and people saying, well, what's the price? Well, I can tell you. Uh, currently for the Super Bowl, Tampa Bay Buccaneers are 11-2. to two. Big move in KC now, who are into second favorites for the Super wow. Bowl, 13-2. to two. The Cardinals are 8-1. to one. The Bills are 8-1. to one. The Rams are 9-1. to one. And then it's Packers, Cowboys, Ravens, all at 10-1. to one. And the Titans are and Patriots at 14-1. to one. So big move on the Titans going the wrong way. We'll talk about them on Friday because they will be uh, in Sunday's action. Against the Patriots. Against the yeah. Patriots, yes, should be a good one. AFC Conference, uh, three to one now. Kansas City Chiefs are the favorites, replacing the Buffalo Bills. I know some of you will say, What? Well, look, that's just the way it is. Three to one about Kansas. If you like the Bills, they're now seven to two. Go back in. Baltimore Ravens, five to one, 13 to two. Bar NFC, Tampa, 11 to four. Cardinals, seven to two. Rams, four to one. Dallas out to nine to two. Green Bay out to nine to two. And it's whatever you want the rest of them, to be honest. 25s, the next <laughs> drop off. So like, right right now, it's like Tampa, Arizona, LA Rams, Cowboys, Packers. That's it. That is the NFC. The conference winner comes from one of those. We do not think, or the odds say, that ain't nobody got a chance other than them. So that's- did, you say, did you say whatever you want? Can I have 500 to one on the Patriots? <laughs> no, I said NFC. NFC. 49ers, oh, okay, Vikings, yeah. <laughs> Saints, Eagles, Seahawks, Panthers, Washington, Giants, Falcons, Lions, Bears. Get out the door. Stop playing now. <laughs> Don't even try, boys. <laughs> Niners might be in there with a shot. The Niners are like Minnesota. They, are, they could sneak into the last wild card space and then lose and go home. <laughs> um, a little bit of an update we'll do, um, on the uh, who was hot and who was cold. Green Bay still at the top there of the, the um, against spread trends, nine and two. Dallas eight and two, Arizona eight and three, Indianapolis seven and four, New England creeping way up that chart now at this stage seven and four, Tennessee Titans seven and four. Who should you avoid? Uh, Jets, Washington, Kansas, Jacksonville, Chicago. Who we're going to talk about? Um, and then there's a whole <laughs> host of teams actually on four and six. To be honest, um, I'll run through them very quickly: Vegas, Rams, Atlanta, San Francisco, Pittsburgh, Tampa Bay, Baltimore, Chicago, Jacksonville. Um, 
So yeah, uh, I, it's it's funny to see Tampa on that list. They're not covering, but they are winning. So, um, Chicago Bears at Detroit Lions is the first of the three games that we're going to concentrate. It's the one that is on at the most reasonable time, I guess, uh, for those watching here in the UK and Ireland. Um, although half nine's not late, except for Mike goes to bed ten o'clock. Um, eight to thirteen, the Chicago Bears. Eleven to eight, the Detroit Lions. <laughs> three points is the spread. Forty-one point five is the over/under. I listened to a thing last night on the NFL. Um, channel guys that said it was the most unpredictable season ever mm-hmm. which i think they kind of just roll out things like that pretty much every season but it does seem to have its day of the underdogs a lot more and a lot more games as we mentioned last week underdogs are way ahead in terms of primetime games etc and uh, the under is hitting a lot more so when you see something like bears at lions trying to predict it can be tricky guys i saw a report today that Jared Goff might play, which I don't know how much that changes things, <laughs> but he can't be worse than Tim Boyle was. Yeah, um, he wasn't know, great, and, let's be honest. And, and that, you know, I, I just say if Tim Boyle starts for the Lions, there's no way in the world you could bet him. I mean, Goff would have beaten the Browns. You know, uh, Goff and Case Keenum would have been a better game <laughs> than Tim Boyle and Baker in this one. And Baker's obviously banged up and all, you know, it's it's hard. But um, they've lost, the Lions have lost the last four straight Thanksgivings and failed to cover in three of them. Um, and I just look at it and I just think I have no, no clue. Um, there's a report in Chicago that Nagy's going to be fired after this game. Well, that's what I wanted to th- yeah. now, Mike. Then that, that leans me towards the lines because if you're in the dressing room in the Bears, you're like, well, this guy's gone in the morning anyway. Yeah, and but the report comes from a guy who doesn't cover the, the Bears. It's uh, but he's a big reporter in Chicago, um, so he's you know presumably his source is is pretty good. Uh, it's like, I don't know, but Dan, you know, it's Dan Campbell on the other side in that game against, against the Browns, they had, what was it? Third and 14, I think with, with like two and a half to go. And he ran Deandre Swift for five yards and punted. Mm-hmm. I mean, what's going on? Yes. You don't trust <laughs> Tim Boyle, but you know, <laughs> it's like, that's a two down situation. You've got, you, you can't punt the ball away and, and expect to get it back. Your defense sucks. Um, so anyway, I, 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 if I were betting this game and I, I did a column, a Betfair column, which you, you can all go to Betfair and find, um, I, I was playing around with some of the anytime touchdown scorers and Deandre Swift is five to four in this game. Um, Darnell Mooney's 13 to 10, TJ Hawkinson's 21, 10. I think one of those three would probably score for, um, the lions, assuming they get a score, but I, if, if I have to pick it, I ha- I say Chicago, but if, if there was ever an opportunity for an Oh, nine and one team to win a game, uh, this is it for Detroit. Yeah. I think just to piggyback on that, the lions have actually like, they could have easily won last week's game, last weekend's game against Cleveland. And they've been unfortunate a handful of times. They've had a few good, like close losses throughout the course of the season. They're remembering, uh, the Ravens have like a late, a late field goal to win, to beat them and, and things like this. So, there, I, I echo Mike's concern if uh, Boyle starts. this. The over-under on this one is 41 and a half, or at least it was yesterday evening. Mm-hmm. And is, yeah. Uh, yeah, so I think that this is a game that it's a very, very difficult one to think. Because I, it could be that both of these teams, after, you know, on a short week, being tired, coming into this game, the, the defenses could really, really slip and throw up a lot of points on the board. But at the same time, this could be like another... 
13.10 or a 10.7 or something along those lines. Yeah, so. uh, under under might look good. I mean, is Andy Dalton starting for Chicago? It looks I, like I, it. The, it the, it the looks like I mean, so far, I predicted yeah. like five weeks ago, Andy Dalton was going to become the player coach of Chicago. The first player coach in the NFL since 1931. <laughs> um, but, you know, uh, if, it's, if it's Jared Goff against Andy Gal- Dalton, <laughs> <laughs> it's like <laughs> it's like roll up yeah run up the white flag <laughs> and just, yeah. but if it's andy dalton starting i think chicago wins so that that's fair enough I'll, I'll, you know and cut and cover the cover the three yeah i feel it's kind of bad that, that these two teams are are the ones that you know we're all going to sit down at half past five to try and i was going to enjoy say our, thing, yeah. our, our thanksgiving game my mother been, would love this game because that meant nobody's going to jump up from the table and go watch the <laughs> watch the football in the middle of Thanksgiving dinner. Uh, we actually do have a lot of Bears fans who listen to the pod, so I will try and be a little bit nicer. But it, it's Mike. It's correct me if I'm wrong here. It's pretty rare for a head coach in the NFL to get the sack during the season, and especially around now. It's it's very difficult. Um, and when I read the first report, like on Monday, I said they're not going to fire him during Thanksgiving week. Yeah, um, it, it's impossible. The, the problem is kind of obvious. See, when you fire a coach in midseason, you basically have to promote one of his assistants into the head coaching role um, because you can't change the systems. You can't you know, you can't reevaluate the personnel to a great extent. You can't change either the offense or defensive systems. And so. Um, like what the what the Raiders did, I thought was pretty smart, which is you'd make the special teams coach or whoever's like your assistant head coach, the head coach and let the two coordinators stay in their roles so they can concentrate on coordinating their sides of the ball and somebody else is doing the head coaching stuff. Um, I have no idea if Maggie goes, what, what Chicago, mm. what Chicago does. Um, but they're out, they're pretty much out of it. They're, they are out of it already. Firing him now doesn't really make a whole lot of difference to them. Um, it could just be it, all those coaches. They looked like they were going duck hunting you know, the the um, camouflage outfits yeah. that they were wearing the week before the G.I. Joe suits for um, for um, Armistice Day, um, which I I think is kind of cheesy anyway. I'd prefer something like the British, you know, the, the British poppy or something that, that's just kind of solemn and respectful. It doesn't make these guys look like they're going duck hunting. And some of them were wearing them this week, including Nagy. And then Nagy lost his comms. On like a fourth and one, and and they had it all. <laughs> well, it I was think like that... Doctor Strange Love, you know. It was, <laughs> it, it was, it was like, um, it, it, what are we doing? What are we doing? I don't know. I don't know. Panicking and stuff like that. And that would probably be what if if someone said that's why he's being fired. That would be the probably the proximate impetus for his firing. Would be how stupid he looked in that. <laughs> Well, I don't that's quite why they fight, it also fight seems to, he lost the crowd a little bit, I think, as well, because there was there was fire Nagy chance going through the for, through the yeah. stadium throughout last week's weekend's game. So that's usually there the was, kind of the death knell, you know, there was also fire Nagy chance at the basketball, um, which uh, was there. There was. Yeah. At the Bulls game, there was a chance <laughs> fire Nagy. Um, they would have to look a little bit, though, at like um, and we will get off this, but they would, let's the Raiders obviously sack their manager or coach, should say. Um, oh, no, he. "Quote unquote" resigned. 
Well, you know what I mean? <laughs> and they had a bounce. I think they won their first game anyway, maybe even two games. But since then, then you can they, see that there is an issue there and their season is is starting to really, you know, hit the car crash territory, skid right off the ice. Uh, they're out a, of contention. So That's a good segue. So, um, yes, it is. How did you know what I was going for? <laughs> <laughs> the Las Vegas Raiders, who are skidding on ice, um, head to the Dallas Cowboys, who um, have had... A poor game, a really good game, and a poor game now. So you would assume that the next game is going to be really good based on that. That's how it works, guys. 27 to 10, the Las Vegas Raiders. The Dallas Cowboys are 3 to 10. It is over a touchdown. It's 7.5 at the moment spread. Keep that in your mind, side. That moved, too. It was 7 yesterday, I think. I think yeah. it moved overnight. 50.5 is the over-under Um Dallas Cowboys are still guys by, right slap bang at the top there of the against the spread. They are the punter's friend. So ah, but in the last 10 Thanksgiving games, the Cowboys are one and nine against the spread. Yeah, interesting. Competing I have, statistics. I have actually backed Dallas on a number of Thanksgiving games, so I can confirm that they have let me down on a number <laughs> of uh, uh, 7.5 is very tempting to take Vegas to cover um but i like the under in this game better um it was 51 that that moved as well down to 50 and a half but i would still take the under at 50 and a half really yeah i'm actually the opposite uh, on this one i was i was looking towards the the over on this one because i was doing a little bit of uh reading into the game last night and it seems that some sports books actually before before last weekend's games took place the over under for some of them was 54 and a half and now it's dropped down to 50 and a half. Mm-hmm. So I think that there's a, a decent bit of value in that. So I'm, did I'm, they I'm, see them scoring nine points? I mean, not that the Raiders defense is any mm. good. Um, and, and again, like I said about them last week, they, they should run the ball against the Raiders because you can run the ball against the Raiders and Zeke Elliott and Tony Pollard are one of the best twosomes when they're both healthy and playing, you know, definitely. Um, yeah. But they scored, they scored nine um, they scored nine, and the Ra- and the Raiders scored thirteen last week. That's true, yeah. but I expect Dallas to have a little bit of a you know they were unusually poor, or maybe not so much poor, I'd say, but they were unusually ineffective, which I guess is the same thing yeah. as poor last weekend against the Chiefs. So I think you know this is one of those games where they they're going to have that sort of well they're going to try for that sort of bounce back thing because they're they're still a you know they're a division leader they seem to be a lock for the playoffs. This is the sort of game where you kind of. Have to, you have to show the world that like yeah we actually are a good team we're not just going to sit back and you know take that loss in the chin and just kind of let our season peter out this is the sort of game where they have to come back and show if they actually are a legitimate contender or not they were surprisingly beaten uh, a couple of weeks ago by the broncos 30 points to 16 in a game that they floundered an offense and they came back out the following week and put 43 up on the falcons so yeah that is they have that's what i meant good game bad game good <laughs> um, so you would say that putting nine up on the cat on the chiefs um you know might kick them back into life but the thing about dallas is right now it's we're now we're recording on a wednesday morning this game is tomorrow um but you'd want to see who's training um you know who's in who's out you know zeke Elliott twisted his ankle hobbled a bit but did get the job done you want to make sure he's okay mm. um, Amari cooper as well how is Amari cooper how's gallup how has CD Lamb? Lamb yeah, you know, yeah, you know, if Dallas have all their weapons, I just, yeah, you know, it's just this seven. I remember the, you know, the year Ezekiel Elliott jumped into the pot uh, for the Salvation Army and didn't get any fine for it. And people said, if, you know, there was all fines for celebrating touchdowns at that time. Yeah. That was a seven point spread and they didn't cover that year. Um, it just, it just worries me. I'd like to see that come down. 
Um, if that was a touchdown or less, I'm all over Dallas, all over them. Anyone disagree? No, I think no. you're right. But my, I think the uh, just from my personal standpoint on this, I'm looking more at the the over under on this, and I'm I do find the uh, 15 and a half to be relatively attractive. So you want over? You want over? And, go, and the Undertaker is going under. Yeah, yeah I'm going. I'm yeah, going the, the sexy pick, the over this time. Come on, it's Thanksgiving. We'll have a couple of drinks well, by I then. Do, great, great television to watch. I do. I do like how Mike is currently making our Thanksgiving, which is basically the Chicago Bears, Detroit Lions, terrible game. Then the next game is uh, boar fest. So <laughs> no, uh, unders aren't necessarily boar fests. You know, you can have very, you can have very good games that go very good games that went under that that Kansas City Dallas game went way under, but it was you know it was a pretty interesting game and and Green Bay Minnesota did go over, um, but. You know, yeah, I'm one for the purists, isn't that? Well, you remember a couple of years ago when when there were all those 52 48 games by by the big teams, the Rams and the and the Saints and the 49ers, you know, and and the Ravens all scored in a series of games. And we said, Oh, that's it, the NFL is never going to be low scoring again. And the Super Bowl that year was 13 to 3, and it was the Rams who got the three points. Yeah, you know, and you enjoyed that one. Yeah, I enjoyed we, that one. We didn't enjoy it. No, <laughs> no. Uh, Buffalo Bills and New Orleans Saints is the final game of the Thanksgiving 302 to 5 about the Bills, 21 to 10 about the New Orleans Saints. It's a six point spread, 45.5. You know what? It's a weird one because the Bills are slow are on this side of the Atlantic are quietly doing their thing because they seem to be the late Sunday game or Monday night football. Or if they are the six o'clock game, Sky just doesn't pick them. Um, so on red zone is the only place that you've seen a lot of the bills action, unless you've stayed up late to watch them. Mm -hmm. So a lot of the time over here, I get asked a lot about how, like the bills, you know, you think the bills are good and all that. I think generally because people don't see them. And again, they're the late game again. Yeah. There's nothing we can do about that, but we would like to see them in a six o'clock game on sky or a half (laughs) nine game sky on sky. You know, let's let, we see the Cardinals every single week as far as i can see on the half nine game <laughs> like they're set in stone <laughs> Mike, it's a, it's a weird why the game. bills aren't in <laughs> well the problem the problem with the bills right now is that they're supposed to be the best defensive team in the nfl but the defense is leaking um because they're getting beat up up front and McDermott plays the same defense that they played when he was in carolina which is for a four two five um, they play nickel the whole game with two linebackers and his two linebackers aren't Luke Keekley and Thomas Jones. Um, they're Tremaine Edmonds and Matt Milano, who are both good players, but, you know, Keekley in particular um, was such a good reader of the game um, that he could, he, he was in effect a run stopping linebacker, even though they could use him in, in, in other ways. And it, they don't really have a safety who can come up and, and, and play that run too. So teams are kind of learning. Indianapolis simply ran, ran through them the whole game. That was that was the key uh, to that win, as it has been this season for a bunch of teams who can run the ball and have good offensive lines. Which is why, um, in a couple of weeks, when the Bills and Patriots play twice in three weeks, that's going to be really interesting. New Orleans has a pretty good defense. Uh, if Kamara's back, they can run the ball. I have no idea what's going on with the quarterback situation and, you know, why Hill doesn't get more snaps as a thrower. 
in that offense. He's just got, they've just hit, hit, they've just redone his contract, which is in effect money laundering because they're trying to, <laughs> yeah. they're trying to save themselves from paying bonuses to him. So they keep redoing his contract, but <clears throat> he's seven to two as a, anytime's touchdown scorer. And I might think that that might be my best bet of the weekend, um, or at least of Thanksgiving, but this, the line on this, the bills have gone from giving four and a half to giving six to the saints in the last two days. And the, the over under has dropped from 47 and a half, which is where I took it down to 45 and a half, which is starting to get in that kind of zone where the under may not be what you, what you want to go to. So again, this is, this is a difficult one. Um, I would take the Saints with seven, I think, in an instant. With six, I'm hesitating a little bit. Um, but, you know, you said about Dallas coming back with good games. The Bills have come back with good games after their other embarrassing loss. So maybe they do it again to the Jags. Uh, maybe they do it again. John, I know you were looking at that contract extension or, or contract redo and had some thoughts on it. <laughs> For Taysom Hill, yeah. yeah. it's It seems to be, it's you know, it, it, the situation of Sean Payton trying to shoehorn Taysom Hill into that team in, in any way he can. And it is, Mike was talking about it. It is a very interesting contract that they've offered him because it, it's supposedly, well, it's 22 and a half million guaranteed over four years, but then the rest of the contract goes between something like 40 million and 95 million, depending on what position they play him in. So I think if uh, if he gets named next season, because the quarterback situation is uncertain next season again in, in New Orleans, given that Jameis Winston's out of contract and injured, he have to, remains to be seen if they'll offer him a new deal. But if somehow it comes out that Taysom Hill is the starting quarterback, he's going to be on a mammoth contract. And they're, you know, I just don't simply don't see that happening because he's too important for other aspects of that team for the, so, you know, the so-called gadget plays that he does. So I don't know. I don't think um, I certainly don't think Taysom Hill is going to get paid 95 million over the course of the next next four years. They're going to um, pay him. They're going to pay him by the pass. <laughs> Each time he throws yeah. pass, it's, it's worth five thousand bucks. He'll be throwing passes to himself, by the way, that like, the offense is being injured at the moment. Um, yeah, but it, this is an interesting game, I think, as well, Kieran. It's two key teams, as you as Mike had mentioned, coming into the game in in less than ideal form. And uh, we've spent a great deal of, of time on this show throughout the course of the season talking about the Bills. You know, are, are they the best team in the AFC? Are they, you know, are they just, you know, making a march towards the Super Bowl next year? And now they're not even the top team in their in the AFC uh, or in their in their division. You know, it's so like the, the, the Patriots team has now won five in a row, really putting pressure on them. And as Mike said, that that two game series that's coming up over the course of three weeks is going to be uh, incredibly interesting for the not just the future of, of the AFC East, but the but probably who, in my opinion, will win the uh, the AFC as a whole. So um, I think, yeah, and Mike also mentioned the, uh, like the Saints, this team, the Saints team is incredibly banged up, but a lot of those are on the, you know, the, the offense and things like this. There's some of their key pieces of the defense, like Demario Davis, Cam Jordan and Lattimore, they're still healthy enough. They're not too banged up. So that's, that could put a cap on what Josh Allen and the Bills are able to do. Um, but again, I think this is a this is a tricky one. I I just don't think the Saints can compete with Buffalo at the moment, particularly if it is Trevor Simeon who starts. He's looked okay throughout the course of the game so far, but it's like three poor quarters. And then when the pressure's off, he kind of explodes in the fourth and puts a bunch of points on the board to kind of make the scoreboards look a little bit more respectable than they really kind of should be. So um, I mean, this is a this is a big game for Buffalo, I think, because this is it's almost season defining. They're going to sit there and just let the Patriots continue to eke out this advantage over them and put incredible pressure on themselves if they don't get a win here. So I do think they'll win. It's 
you know, it's whether or not they can put some, you know, a distance on the scoreboard between them and New Orleans. So I think I'm just going to go on the over on this one again. I think over 45 and a half. Um, I just, I, I don't think the Saints are going to compete. And I think the Bills will stretch into their advantage as the game goes on and win by, well, I think they'll they'll win comfortably, but I think the over 45 and a half is where I'm most content at putting my money. Excellent, excellent. Good analysis. Um, let's get uh, the best bets of the Thanksgiving. And a reminder, these could be crucial come the end of the season. I will start as I won last week with my wonderful scenario. There was something I did want to mention that game, and I forgot to mention was, of course, that you may have seen that they did a fake flea flicker, um, which is something that I haven't seen before. Mike, did you see that play that they yes. uh, the, uh, said the uh, Bengals did on uh, the Vegas Raiders? They did a fake flea flicker. No. Yeah, I'm going to send it to you. I'll send it to you on our WhatsApp group and we can talk about it on Friday. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with the Lions. Um, I know you're all going to go, what? I'm going with the Lions plus yeah, three. Exactly. Uh, if Even with all what you said, um, I think they've been unlucky a lot this year. Um, and I, I don't like the Chicago team at all. I don't think they're great. Um, Michael say they're great defensively. And you're like, mm, are they no, though? they're not. No, they're, <laughs> not. They're, they're not the defensive team that we thought they were. No, I said, I said, I have no problem taking Detroit. I mean, um, I have no problem with you. You're taking Detroit. Yeah, taking um, if they're ever going to win a game, this is the one they should win. Yep, absolutely. I'm going to take the Lions plus three. And I actually, I'm going to watch it as the week rolls in and see just how, uh, what they are on the money line. They're 11 to eight at the moment, which is a bit, bit short, but. They were to go six to four, seven to four, anything along that lines. I'd be like, oh, maybe. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna go Lions plus three. That is mine. Um, Mike, you also won at the weekend, so you will get yeah. uh, second. Well, the effort. Undertaker, the Undertaker's going under 50 and a half with Dallas and Vegas. I, I hesitate to make Taysom Hill at seven to two to score a touchdown, my best bet of Thanksgiving. Yeah, might but I might, risky. I will probably take it anyway if people are listening. And that's and, yeah, 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 absolutely. We actually love prop bets, it's one of the things people complain about a little bit that are like, you don't do enough prop bets. And I'm like, well, the markets are formed, Joe. What the, you know, what I'm gonna do, <laughs> <laughs> I, can't, I can't tell someone how many rushing yards they're going to have if I don't know what the line is. <laughs> um, and finally, to you, John Bath, uh, I'm kind of stuck between two things. Uh, my my well, my first one my first thought was the the over in the the Raiders Cowboys game but since Mike has, has picked the under in this one I don't want to go in direct no, let's comment. go head to head head to well, I mean that's my that's my pick head anyway head. so I am going head technically head to head, head, head. head. but whether it's my best bet or not I think I'll just go for the over forty five and a half in the the aforementioned um, Buffalo New Orleans game I think uh, I just yeah I think the Saints will uh, will ship a few points despite the I've talked up the defense a little bit there but there's just so many pieces missing from that I think. Uh, yeah, I think the over 45 and a half is, is how we'll go on this one. Yep, that is perfect. That is our best bets. A reminder, please do gamble responsibly uh, this weekend and every single weekend. And during Thanksgiving, please do gamble responsibly. Um, don't forget also as well that you're listening to this one, this episode of NFL Only Better. There is another one coming out on Friday, which will cover Sunday's action, all the action on Red Zone and the live games on Sky, which does include that quite interesting Titans-Patriots game. Uh, and as you're probably listening on Wednesday or Thursday, a reminder that you are still in Betfair Daily Double Rewards Week as we speak, which means when you bet £20 of uh, worth of multiples or bet builders in the NFL, you get a £10 free bet. Um, and we'll be back on uh, Friday to cover 
the uh, covered the Sunday action. Hey, Mike, we might even ask you about uh, the Buckeyes Wolverines game that's taking place on Saturday. Ohio oh, wow. State, Michigan. You know, that's a <laughs> big, big one. one. Big one, yeah. That's a big one it, on Saturday. It, tur- it, tur- it turned into that. Um, Michigan, Michigan State kind of got deflated in the last two. <laughs> <laughs> and, and this one, this one turned into the to the big one. It it should be good. Yeah, that should be an absolute crack. It's at five o'clock on Saturday for those of you who don't know. And I can tell you at the moment it is uh, three to ten Ohio, Michigan eleven to five, and eight point five is the uh, the spread. Uh, do you want to take a crack at what the over under is in that one? Sixty <laughs> two. Uh, Let me fifty uh, seven. 64.5. Well, there it is. I got my Thanksgiving. Uh, I'm all all set. (laughs) uh, Thank you so much for joining. And thank you for listening. As I said, this is kind of part one of our week action. We'll be back part two on Friday. Do listen in for the Sunday night action. Until then, we'll speak to you on NFL. Only better. Bye for now.